everyone and welcome to Behold, the podcast where we cast our all-seeing eye over the world of comic book adaptations and try to sort the super from the substandard. Who is we? Well, I'm your host Andrew and as usual I'm joined by my co-host Mick. Why? Why does it have to be me? Why can't it be Liam or Noah or Oliver? Maybe Elijah? Huh? Huh? Did you ever think of that? Hey, What about William? James? Benjamin? Lucas? Henry? Alexander? Maybe even a Mason, a Michael, an Ethan, a Daniel. Ah, ah, ah! That was almost as impressive as John Cena's rant. <laughs> but yeah, apart from that, how are you today? It, it was going to be either that or an eagle impression. <laughs> yeah, and I, I'm not sure we can have two episodes on the trot with you starting by just screeching into the microphone. Now, that's actually, gonna be lost on anybody who hasn't heard <laughs> the other recording. I mean, I think if they've listened to any other episode of the show, they get it. <laughs> now, speaking of the the eagle impression, I do have some bad news for you, Mick. What? Because I know you were very excited for our new CGI bird co-host to join us this week. Yeah. And I put a what, lot of effort into it. What's happened to Eagly 2? Well, well, he wasn't Eagly 2. He, he was a brand new original creation on my behalf. Oh. Fortunately, standards have been in touch. And for some reason, that they're against us adding a bird to the show. So, sadly, Titty the Great Tit will not be joining us. Oh, dear. Still could have been worse. Could have been crushed. Actually, it does get even worse than that, Mick. Yeah. Because I also wasn't able to license Wigwam's Do You Want to Taste It for our elaborate dance intro. Ah. Well, that and the um, lack of any available space to do the dance moves. Yeah, but the listeners don't know that. That's true. Also, I'm not entirely sure that I could achieve Robert Patrick's pelvic thrust without putting my back out. No, but I think definitely the bits where I spin in across stage and you lift me up over your head, it's just asking for disaster, especially (laughs) since we're not in the same room. Indeed. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) One of us is going to call a cropper. It's not me. Anyway, I think... Actually, I was going to say you may have guessed. You may not have guessed, since it technically isn't available in the UK, that this week we're going to behold Peacemaker. So this is the 2022 HBO Max series, uh, spinning off from The Suicide Squad, created by James Gunn and based on the Charlton and then DC character created by Joe Gill and Pat Boyette. So, Mick, are you a big Peacemaker fan? Well, I have a storied history with Peacemaker. Oh, thank God, we've got something to go in the background then. (laughs) In uh, In the past, my only previous experience of Peacemaker had been James Gunn's The Suicide Squad. 
in which I found him to be a fairly obnoxious and quite two-dimensional character. The like pretty much all the characters apart from Harley in the Suicide Squad didn't really get any kind of development time. And Harley didn't actually get that much. But then she doesn't need it because she's got enough other movies behind her to have given you that. Um, and then I watched the series. And I watched the opening title sequence for the first episode. And I was thinking, I can't even explain this away with because comics. Yeah, it's for, for anyone who hasn't seen it, the opening for every episode of Peacemaker is the entire cast doing like an incredibly wooden, overly rehearsed dance routine with just complete deadpan expressions. Yeah. <laughs> and it's amazing. <laughs> and what I like about it is the fact that as the episodes progress, new characters get inserted into the dance routine. See, funny you said they actually don't. Don't they? No, I've Does gone it back and checked. Like that? Yeah, it's like I've gone to James Gunn. That is like very deliberate. Is the idea that because you're watching it like every episode, mm. they've made it as like a kind of thing where each time you watch it, you're gonna notice something different. Ah. Like even apparently, and this is something I'll get, I, I swear a... I swear blind judo master does not appear in the title sequence for the first one. Yeah, I was gonna say the same thing, but apparently not only is he in the titles for every episode, you can actually see him like throughout the whole thing. Like he'll just occasionally like pop out and you'll see his face. Right. Which it's something I kept trying to look out for, but then I just got distracted by like Robert Patrick and his thrusting. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, how old's Robert Patrick now? Because he must be getting up. 9,000 years old, I assume. Uh, let's have a look. Clicked the wrong link there and went onto White Dragon. Also, while you're doing that, I'll say as well. Something I literally didn't notice until the final episode is that part of the dance routine is that they're kind of wobbling from side to side like Space Invaders from the game Space Invaders. <laughs> um, 63. Robert Patrick is 63. No man of 63 should be doing that. And yet he does. In front of a camera. Certainly. But there'll be more about Robert Patrick later, I am sure. Indeed there will. But before we get on to that, I'll just going to do a brief overview, um, just to explain Peacemaker a little bit. So, like I said, he was originally invented um, for a company called Charlton Comics in, in like, 1966, because I, I keep thinking it was sort of, like, 
the 1940s, but it was, it was quite a bit later than yeah, that. Yeah, you're, you're always, whenever you see a reference to the Champion comics, you're thinking it's sort of 30s, 40s. Yeah, because... Like, when Marvel was timely and all the rest of it. Yes, exactly, because that was around about the time where a lot of, like, Tamiya and Atlas became Marvel, yeah. and DC bought up a bunch of stuff, like, uh, Fawcett comics. Yeah. So, Peacemaker, yeah, he's... Machine was kind of a bit more confusing because he's like a pacifist hero who loves peace so much he's willing to kill. fight for it. No, no, fight but not kill. Ah, right. Because the Comic Code of Authority won't allow him to kill people. Ah, yes. Yeah. But when when DC bought him, they just like did away with that bit and just like, yeah, loves peace so much he's willing to kill for it. Is a complete nut job. And is pretty much the only thing he's actually famous for is being the inspiration for the comedian in Watchmen. Right. So we could have had that helmet much earlier. We could have, yeah, because Watchmen was originally supposed to be like Peacemaker, Captain Atom, Blue Beetle, um, Nightshade, and the question right. it was just supposed to be, we're going to take these childhood characters that we've bought and put them in this Right. But then DC thought, but if we didn't, we could make more money from them. <laughs> Quickly, Alan Moore, take the question and put some ink blots on his face. <laughs> but yeah, I think... I, I don't think we're alone in not being well-versed in peacemaker law. No, I don't... I, you know, to be fair, I think the same could be true for pretty much all the members of the James Gunn The Suicide Squad. Yes. I mean, heck, that's very much the point of that film, is it's just them going, right, James Gunn, you can dig around outside in our bins and take whatever you want. (laughs) So, yeah, synopsis. Which, again, we we kind of already touched on it, but we should probably mention going into the synopsis. I really like The Suicide Squad, but you weren't that keen on it. Uh, no, I, I, I thought. First of all, I thought it smacked of James Gunn starting to feel like a one-trick pony, taking a group of not so beloved heroes and trying to make a hit franchise out of them, which he successfully done with Guardians of the Galaxy. I mean, and he's successfully done with the Suicide Squad now. Well, yeah. No, not for me. As much as, much as you don't like it. The, I mean, the, 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 truth, the, the truth of the matter is, as a standalone movie, um, I came away from that not wanting to see any of the other any of the characters again in anything, except Harley. And even in Harley's case, it's, I, need, I definitely need to see her redeem herself after being involved in that, right? But, the Peacemaker TV show has given me more understanding of the Peacemaker character. And this has always been my argument. If you listen back through the Behold archives, a lot of the DC characters need TV shows so that they've got room to breathe. They certainly... Even a Peacemaker standalone movie would have worked better than... Because 
because of the amount of time you've got available to, to devote to the character, he just comes across as a massive tool in the Suicide Squad. Whereas actually, there's an explanation behind why he's a massive tool in the show. Yeah. So it's so now that you said that, actually, do our spoiler-filled synopsis for the series. Yes. So leading on from the events of the fourth best film on our list. Only because you're in editorial control. <laughs> yep. It's not fourth on my list. Chris Smith, a.k.a. Peacemaker, played by John Cena, is recovering in hospital after being shot by Bloodsport. Uh, he is recruited by Argus agent Clemson Mern, played by Chuck Woody Iwuji, as part of the mysterious Project Butterfly. Also part of the team are former Suicide, mission, ah, former suicide Squad Mission Control members Amelia Harcourt, Jennifer Holland, and John Economos, Steve Agnew. Uh, also joining them are Amanda Waller's daughter, Leota Adebayo, played by Danielle Brooks, Peacemaker's self-proclaimed BFF Vigilante, played by Freddie Stromer, and of course, Eagly the Eagle, played by Eagly the Eagle. Not a real eagle, apparently. Well, because that de- was the original plan. Depends who you follow on Twitter. Ah, right. Because I, I do like that Robert Patrick has been like very committed to the bit that, nope, it was a real eagle. Like, even tweet out an apology for having to hit eagle in one of the episodes. Mm. Okay. So, <laughs> Peacemaker learns that the purpose of Project Butterfly is to assassinate a race of parasitic aliens who are planning to conquer Earth by taking over the brains of high-ranking politicians. And also a gorilla. <laughs> the team's first mission goes disastrously wrong thanks to the butterfly's bodyguard, Judo Master, uh, played by, I think his name is Newt Lee, mm-hmm. and Chris's inability to pull the trigger, a fact that leads him to capture the butterfly queen rather than kill her. Uh, this backfires when the queen escapes and takes over the body of Detective Sophie Song, played by Annie Chang, and builds an army from the local police station and prison. Peacemaker also has to contend with his neo-Nazi father, Augie, played by, in a, in a dual role, Robert Patrick and Jack Nace's hair from a razor head. <laughs> it is the mullet to, to count, crown all mullets, isn't it? It is like the Omega mullet. <laughs> Uh, so, Augie, after being framed for murder and a botched assassination attempt by Vigilante, decides to finally kill his son and dons his white dragon power armor. Uh, Chris is able to kill Augie, but the trauma of it causes him to begin hallucinating his father. Uh, meanwhile, back in the A plot, Mern reveals that he is actually one of the butterflies who has rebelled against the Queen, and the team discovered that the butterflies are using an alien cow to produce their food. Uh, Mern is killed, but the team are able to destroy the butterfly's base, killing most of them and the cow, just before the Justice League show up, with a cheeky cameo by Jason Momoa and Ezra Miller. <laughs> and uh, with... the shadow of someone who looks a bit like Gal Gadot. Yep. And a, <laughs> and a floating lump with a cape that's probably Superman. <laughs> yeah. 
it, it, in that scene, they seem to have mixed up the, the, the guest cameo appearances that they could get with that DC branding animation that you used to get. <laughs> oh my god, it is the Superman from the branding animation. <laughs> it's the same pose. Oh my god. So with the butterflies either dead or doomed to starve, uh, the team disbands and Leota goes against her mother's orders and holds a press conference that reveals the existence of the Suicide Squad. And if you basically take that plot synopsis and stick a bunch of hair metal tracks in between the points, that's basically Peacemaker. Mm. Yes. Roller coaster, isn't it? Indeed. As as someone who greatly enjoyed the Suicide Squad, you may be shocked to learn. I really liked Peacemaker as well. Now, hold the front page because as someone who didn't like the Suicide Squad, although I grudgingly admitted it was better than Suicide Squad. Hey, a cult classic thing. Um. I really enjoyed Peacemaker as well. Hooray! <laughs> I particularly enjoyed the development of the relationship between Harcourt and Peacemaker. Uh, well, Harcourt and the rest of the team, actually. Because there's several uh, relationships that build. Um, yeah, like, I like the fact... Her and Bird, I thought, was like unexpectedly quite touching. Yeah. Like um, the bit where he's dying and she's just like holding his little alien butterfly hand. Yeah. Um, I like the fact that because I mean if you're a cosplayer right Peacemaker's outfit is a dream isn't it? Because it's basically just a t-shirt some utility pants a pair of heavy duty gloves yeah, now, you... now, I am going to have to correct you there, Mick. So think about it's not an outfit, it's a uniform. I, I stand correct. A uniform that only one person is wearing. Yes. Um. So I like the fact that the, the only sort of high-budget element of his outfit is the helmet. Right? And then depending on what special... Rather than like Batman, who's got everything built into his cowl, <laughs> he's got a different helmet for every occasion. Yes, he's like a reverse, much more impractical Batman. <laughs> yeah. um, I like, I like, I like the incompetence of vigilante. Yeah, I like. He's both incompetent and also incredibly deadly. Yeah, it's like not this... a focused deadliness, though, is it? That's the thing. Yeah, I think basically if you need him to kill someone, he is very good at that. Anything else, he's completely useless. Yeah. You've also got to be very specific about who you want killed. Yes. You, you do need to specify kill this one specific person and no one else. And not the 57 people between you and him. Um, but the other thing that I like is that in keeping with that sort of low-budget, low-fi aspect of Peacekeeper's Peacemaker's uniform. Um, when Augie 
dons his white dragon outfit, you feel like you've been transported to an episode of Power Rangers. It is. It's very Power Rangers. <laughs> it? I mean, which I, I guess makes sense, because he is certainly the white Power Ranger. Yeah, but <laughs> who's wiped out all the other coloured Power Rangers <laughs> in the interests of purity? God, he's such a bad man, isn't he? He is. <laughs> I, like, I like the fact that he pits two boys against each other and when one of them gets killed, he blames the other kid. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't believe you killed your brother who I forced you to fight in a pit. <laughs> so, so I, I think one of my favourite bits with him and it's really funny and also absolutely horrible, <laughs> is when Peacemaker's trying to explain, like, why he's got to kill the butterflies. And, like, Augie's just not buying it until he says, they're, they're like illegal aliens, Dad. And then he just gives this very proof, like, hmm, yes, Nod. <laughs> um, um, uh, yeah, so... The, the only thing I can think of uh, that's going to be a problem for Peacemaker is when it arrives on mainstream channels, there's going to be that section of the viewership that don't get it. And actually think it's like, you know, a horrible, politically incorrect mess of a of a show. Yeah, yeah, who don't get the idea that you're not supposed to sympathise with, like, White Dragon. Yeah. Because it's also part of it is, like, Peacemaker realising like, oh no, maybe I have been a bit racist. Yeah. But again, the point is that the racism is a bad thing and he is going to move on from that. Yes. Along with the misogyny and <laughs> every other bad habit that he picked up. But it's okay because from now on Peacemaker is going to make sure that he kills an appropriate ratio of white people to non-white people. That's right. <laughs> and uh, actually you'll notice I've, I've had a shave before recording this because I didn't want you to call me dye beard. Oh, I bet you do. I, I can't believe dye beard went from a joke to like a really sad thing. <laughs> I know. So. <laughs> it, was, it was like, oh, this is, this is just another aspect of Peacemaker bullying the fat guy in, in the van. And, oh no, how tragic. <laughs> oh, poor, poor John. He just wants people to like him. <laughs> yeah. And that, uh, you see, this is, this is, and this is the whole thing about it. Everybody gets a chunk of the the story. Everybody gets a chance to engage the audience, which you don't get in um, Suicide Squad. And I'd yeah, I mean, obviously, I I don't fully agree with that, but yes, yeah, certainly, I like how much story everyone in the show gets. Yeah. 
Um, I'd forgotten that Vigilante was Adrian Chase because, of course, I'm familiar with Adrian Chase from the Arrowverse. Yeah, because in Arrow, like they introduced Vigilante and Adrian Chase, but then Adrian Chase wasn't Vigilante, right? It's yeah. like a twist. Yeah. What was he, Prometheus? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I'm vaguely aware of Arrow stuff. Yeah. But yeah, Vigilante. Vigilante is just kind of like an interesting character. He's someone who, like, the original Vigilante series, I really want to read at some point. Because he was basically created as like a a character in Teen Titans, first of all. Right. And in that, he's just like a very generic, like, he is Adrian Chase, District Attorney by day, Vigilante by night. Again, How are we and, doing? Uh, Well, it's funny because I, I don't know if this was the case, but my interpretation of Vigilante is always that he was invented as this idea of what if Daredevil became the Punisher. Right. And yeah, he starts off, again, like Peacemaker, starts off using like non-lethal rubber bullet type stuff. Uh, but then he went on to have his own series by Paul Kupperberg and Alan Moore. So, you, you know, things are going to get a bit freaky because yes. Moore's involved. And it basically just has him increasingly like falling apart, sort of losing a lot of fights, becoming increasingly violent. And it's like it's this big deconstruction of characters like the Punisher, mm-hmm. and just saying, no, if you're just a guy who goes around shooting people, you're going to lose fights. Sometimes you're going to shoot the wrong person. Yeah. And uh, the thing that the Vigilante series is really famous for is in the final issue that uh, Adrian Chase kills himself. Right. Because he just, he cannot cope with the fact that he's done all these murders. Okay. I'm curious. I, I wonder if like something like that is going to happen in the series. I oh, he like, does seem quite fragile. Yeah, he is very, like, they've made a point, he is not just, like, a peacemaker, a, a guy who's kind of been brought up to believe the wrong things. He's just a full-on, like, psychopath murderer. And if you try and tell him that vigilant, that, um, peacemaker is not his best friend, he probably will completely lose it. Hmm. So I can see that. Or maybe Peacemaker might kill him. Because actually, it's it's why Vigilante is a weird choice for a Peacemaker series. Because Peacemaker does appear in the Vigilante comic and basically kills one of Adrian's friends who've taken up the Vigilante mantle. So, right. so they are less BFFs in the comics, basically. Okay. But there is... Um... Because when, when Vigilante first appears in um, the TV show, it feels like he's going to be there for that episode as just a complication. And almost like a throwaway gag. Yeah, because they do like to bring up obscure characters like Batmite and Mattery to Lad. Yeah. And you kind of think Vigilante might just be like that. Yeah. Um, and 
oh man, don't they rip into the DC universe? They do. I, I really like the specific way they do it, in that they make a lot of jokes about DC characters, but it's all just Peacemaker like stuff he's learned off Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> like when they try and tell him that no Aquaman probably doesn't have sex with fish. <laughs> yeah. It's like are you telling me that Pepe the Frog eighty nine was lying? I find that hard to believe. <laughs> it's like it's like the payoff comes in the very final scene of the very last episode as well. <laughs> yeah, it's just a flash going to Aquaman. It's, it's not a rumor. <laughs> I just in that moment, I, I know people complain about DC characters. Because they're so distant and godlike, it can be hard to connect to them. Yeah. But I don't think I've ever felt as connected to a hero as I have when I found out that Aquaman also finds Ezra Miller absolutely insufferable. <laughs> but yeah, it's a funny series. It is. It's a lot of fun. Um, and I think... The only thing, it, it kind of wrong foots you as well, I think, because a bit like the song and dance routine in, in the opening titles, there's a lot of it that feels cheap and unfinished and like, we've not got the budget to make a title sequence, so let's do this, right? And it's only once you get into the maybe episode two or three that you realise it's all part of the same gag. And it actually makes sense. I think Peacemaker, when it when it hits a wider audience, I think it's gonna be quite divisive and people people who like it are gonna really, really like it, and people who don't are gonna absolutely hate it. I don't think there's gonna be much middle ground. Yeah, because you do need to kind of buy into the idea that you know, this is deliberately like a Z-list character. Yeah. So they, they have made his costume as goofy as possible. Yeah. I think especially compared to like some of the other DC stuff. Like I imagine if if you're a Snyder boy, you're probably not going to like this. A what? A Snyder boy. A Snyder boy. Yes. I thought you said Slider boy. You can see why I was confused. I can't. Yes, no. No, I, I'm not mentioning Marvel Spider-Man villain Slide to the Teflon Man. What? So, so Spider-Man has a villain called Slide, and he has a suit made out of Teflon, and it lets him slide along any surface. See, this is, this is that, what I love about Peacemaker, is it knows that comic books are really silly. Yeah. That's the, <laughs> it, yeah, and, and that's what I love about the fact that, you know, on one of the missions, they have to pick up a holdall full of the spare helmets for Peacemaker. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just... And a training eagle, eagerly to drop one off somewhere. Yeah, and just, just in the final episode, where they're going through the helmets, and like... <laughs> It's, what does this one do? Gives people scabies. <laughs> and 
<laughs> the bit with the anti-gravity helmets. Yeah. <laughs> that just floats up. I know you said it was voice acting, but if you just say any voice... <laughs> <laughs> Which, I'm, I'm a bit sad that that happened, because I did want to see him have to wear the anti-gravity helmet and use his little hand fan to, like, steer himself. Yeah. <laughs> and the human torpedo helmet. Yes! He then just launches while someone else is wearing it. Yeah, he uses it to turn Adebayo into like a rocket. <laughs> and also, just the bit before that where like she shows up with it on and it's like a big heroic moment and she fires herself at Sophie and misses <laughs> and just like slams into a wall. Would you like some more fun comic trivia? Yes. So, Judo Master. Judo Master. Yes, he is a, another Charlton Comics character. Uh, and yeah, he. Is he obsessed with Cheetos in the comics? Uh, he is not in the comics. Basically, in the comics, he's a guy uh, dresses up in an outfit, kind of based on the, the Japanese flag, is a master of the Japanese martial art of Judo. So, of course, is a white man from America. Right. However, do you want to know what his name is? Go on. Rip Jagger. Rip Jagger? Yes. Wow. Which almost makes it worth it. Almost. Um. Which, is, is that just a thing? Did people used to just be called Rip? Well, there was the actor Rip Tall. Yeah, because there's Rip Torn, there's Rip Jagger, and there's like Rip Hunter from Legends yeah. of Tomorrow. Yeah. They're the only three I know of. Yeah, it just... It, it seems like one of those things that no one ever calls people. Although, that being said, I, I will share the story of the best person I ever spoke to when I used to work at a call centre. Oh, yeah. Which is some lady rang up and like it flashed up that her name was like, I, I think Petunia or something. And like, so I was expecting, you know, some like 90 year old woman. Don't know, it was, it was a lady, sounds like she was mid 20s. Right. So I went, oh, is, is that Petunia? And her response was, yeah, but everyone just calls me Ace. <laughs> and just like, imagine having the confidence to like have the nickname Ace. <laughs> Like she's in Top Gun or something. <laughs> All late 80s Doctor Who. Yes. <laughs> Who went by the name of Ace because she hated the name Dorothy. Oh my God, what if that was it? No. No, she can't be too cool already. I already feel inadequate enough. <laughs> anyway, I like the name Rip Jagger. Rip Jagger. It's it it's it's a name, certainly. Um our judo master in Peacemaker goes by just the name Judo Master. Yeah, I th I think he might be very loosely based, because I th I think there was another judo master who was just like a villain that showed up once or twice. So I assume he's maybe based on that version. 
because there have been three in the comics. Right. Because there's that one, there's Rip Jagger, and then there's like a, another one, um, I think her name is Sonia. And she's like the modern day judo master. All right. Because Rip Jagger is from World War Two. Right. And yeah, so shall shall we rank Peacemaker? Yeah. So I'll bring it back up because it has been a long time since we've looked at it. It has. It must be what? Ooh, hours. I mean, about 30 minutes, basically. Because <laughs> we are doing another double record, listeners. <laughs> So, uh, just, to, just to spoil the magic of podcasting for you. Yeah, sorry, listeners, you are learning how the sausage is made. And, and before you pull up the list, could you put on your special ranking helmet? No, oh, Andrew, right. no Andrew, I said ranking helmet. Oh, you, you've been waiting to make that one, haven't you? <laughs> So this is our list of TV shows going from One Division at number one down to Titan season two at number twenty-two. And I mean, Peacemaker, I think it's gone high on the list. Yeah. I, I mean, if we still had our combined TV and movie list, it'd certainly be going high on the Suicide Squad. That's. I, I mean, I guess on, on that occasion, I probably couldn't complain since it is still James Gunn doing the same characters, <laughs> just in a, a more Mick friendly fashion. Because <laughs> I was curious, because I, I was watching it thinking, um, I know Mick doesn't like the Suicide Squad, but this seems very much his kind of show. Yeah, and it, it was. and I, But I think it's because... Um, you've got some context for Peacemaker, whereas in the Suicide Squad, you haven't really. He's just a dick. Yeah, which, I mean, I guess because he is the villain, that, and that's, but yeah, just in general, it's interesting to take this character who seems like, no, he's just an irredeemable, absolute, like, monster. Yeah. And, like, going into his backstory. Yeah. Also, it turns out I'm very willing to forgive people if it just turns out yeah, but they're a bit sad on the inside. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I kind of want to put it in at number one. Ooh. What was our previous number one? Uh, one Division. Because One Division, I mean, I, th I think they're quite similar in that they're both shows about people, like, dealing withdraw yeah with stuff yeah in a way that is often quite funny and also sad but peacemaker i think sticks the landing a lot better than one division does and i think also one one division requires a larger amount of pre-knowledge there's more baggage to one division from the um mcu than there is with peacemaker because Peacemaker, you could watch without really watching the Suicide Squad. Yeah, I think 
basically you just need to explain the vague concept of the Suicide Squad to someone like before you showed them this. Yeah. You don't have to sit them through 22 movies. And I just like it better. <laughs> well, that was that was painless. Okay, great. Well, there we go. New number one, Peacemaker. And I guess that... Oh, oh, actually, there was one thing I wanted to mention to you specifically, Nick. Yes. Um, have you seen like a video that Alan Tudyk did? Is this the one where he has to refer to an eagle on season two of... Uh, on season three of Harley Quinn? No, no, no. This is oh. him doing the opening credits dance in full Resident Evil alien makeup. Oh, right. No, I haven't seen that. But did you hear the story about the Harley Quinn voice recordings? Oh, yes. That, like, he had to say the word eagle, but kept saying eagly. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's, like, a huge fan of Peacemaker. Yeah. <laughs> so, that'll be even longer before Harley Quinn season three comes down. As they do the re-records. <laughs> it is. A, I should go back to Harley Quinn at some point. Have you not done season two? I... I got partway through season two, but it just it wasn't clicking for me. Right. Kite Man got a mention in Peacemaker as well, didn't he? He did, yeah. He's like the first villain that Peacemaker took down. <laughs> oh, and that's another great bit where like one of the children is like, do you have an origin story, Peacemaker? And they're just like flashbacks to him, like having to knife a man at his father's behest. He just goes, <laughs> not in the traditional sense. <laughs> John, John Cena's just like a really good comedy actor. He is. He, he's been a bit of a revelation, it has to be said. Especially the improvised rants. Yeah, because that bit you mentioned up top, where like, he just goes to a list of people more suited to being in prison than his father. Yeah. Was just completely off the cuff. Yeah. And, and apparently it, went on for like 20 minutes. <laughs> and the fact that they showed the rest of it, or, or some of the rest of it, in the post credit sequence. Yeah. <laughs> I just like like some of Steve Aggie's like responses when he just goes like James Gunn, Freddie Stromer, those two aren't even things. <laughs> but just remember, not Ariana Grande, because she's too innocent. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> Right. I guess okay. that's awesome. Yeah, another episode done and dusted. Uh, a, a bit of a shorter one, but I think it's basically because we've just gone, yeah, Peacemaker is great, number one, easy peasy. Yeah. So if you would like to listen to more, you can find all our episodes on the feed or just wherever you get your podcasts. And if you subscribe to the show, you'll make sure you never miss an episode. And if you want to get in touch, our email is beholdpod at gmail.com or you can follow us on Twitter at beholdpod. And if you're a fan, we'd really appreciate it if you left us a review on your podcast app of choice or just recommended us to a friend. It's the best way for us to grow as a show and reach new listeners. So that's everything. Until next time, I've been Andrew. And I've been Mick. I'm off now to give my dog an invisible bone. Hey!
So long and thanks for listening. Thank you.